For some of us, the two creation accounts in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 represent a sort of detailed account of how God brought everything in the world together, right? God said, let there be whatever, and whatever appeared, right? For some of us also, the two creation accounts in Genesis 1 and 2 are more sort of an affirmation of faith that whatever's in this world, however it came to be, God made it to be. I think we can, no matter which perspective we have, appreciate that both of those ideas hold a strong faithfulness to God and to God's power. Hmm? That everything, no matter what, started with God. Now, unfortunately, I think a lot of people have left God's creative mind in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. In other words, we've said, God created, period. Well, let me tell you this morning that our God is not just the creator God. God is also the creating God. God did not just create. God creates. So if you keep reading in the book of Genesis, you quickly realize that this world that God created turned into something it wasn't designed to be. Hmm? You know some of that story, don't you? Now, when we think about that, the world itself stayed the same. The earth still rotated the same, right? Baby hippos were still happy. The trees still swayed in the wind. And it's always been, no matter what, it always rains the day after you wash and wax your car. The world itself never changed, but there was something about us. There was something about this part of creation that did change. And something in us alienated and separated itself from God. And that, after that, I think we can say that the rest is indeed history. Because since that point, people after people, countless numbers of people have tried to live their lives figuring out how to live into that separation and alienation. And in many ways in that struggle, what they've done is they, they, they found themselves in certain situations and certain worldviews and they, they see themselves in some ways alienated from God. And over time, what begins to happen is we begin to settle. Hmm? And so then we think, well, the way things are now is the way it's just supposed to be. The way my life is even going now, well, that's just my plight in this world. It's my plight, and it's just my plight. That's just how the bricks fall. It's just the way it goes. You ever heard that before? Yeah, that's just, just life. But I want to give you a reminder this morning that, that creating God created something out of chaos, right? 
There was chaos in that creation story. And out of that chaos, God created something good. Now, that's important because there are many elements and many times in our life when we could use that word to describe us. Chaotic. Hmm? Webster says chaos is, quote, extreme confusion or disorder. You ever known somebody like that? You ever had to deal with somebody that was extremely confused or totally disordered? You ever had a situation in your life where you were totally confused, totally out of order? Well, your life is chaos. At least it has been at some point. And that's important for us because, friends, God knew chaos, but God wasn't content to leave it that way. God wants to reconcile us. God wants to bring us back into that, into the way it was supposed to be. Into that oneness we had sometime. In us, the part of creation that something happened to, something changed. In us, God wants to make, the creating God is always looking to make something new. Are y'all with me? Something new. You may have heard it said before, God loves you just the way you are. Amen? But God loves you too much to let you stay that way. God is always making something new. I want to read some of these words again to you from Isaiah 65. And then I want to ask you something about the God that is here. For I'm about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things should not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I'm about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. As you think about these ideas and this creative effort this God has, do you really think that this God sounds like a God that settles for the same old, same old? Not at all. There is much about our world, and there is much about us. That is not what God intended. God never intended for us to be at war with each other, I don't believe. God never intended us to, for us to have this attitude against each other. God never intended us for us to be broken. Never intended for us to be hopeless. Never intended for there to be sickness everywhere. Never intended for a child to die. Never intended for any of the things that probably most of us in some way have to deal with. One day, though, God says that will all be forgotten. Amen. That will all be forgotten and all things will be made new. Actually, what we notice is the new, God's new is nothing new at all. It's just what God already intended. Y'all with me? But until we get to that day, God creates new people. 
God is creating every day new people. Friends, every day, every day, our God is a creating God. You see, when you and I decide to change habits, uh-huh. when we decide, guess what? God is making us new. When we decide to, to, to stop doing this or maybe to start doing something else, and in so many ways God is making us new. When we decide to take on a situation, maybe with another person, but if we decide to do that in a more Christ-like way, God is making something new in us. When we decide to change our opinions, our negative opinions about somebody else or another group of people and realize that everybody is loved by God, when we decide to make those kinds of changes, God is making a new person. Are y'all with me? Anybody ever been made new? Over and over and over. Because God is always creating. Y'all with me? So maybe we just need to decide what God needs to make new now. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's a temperament. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's the words we use. Maybe it's something about us that just irritates us. But we've got to realize we, we aren't doing this so we can say, yes, I'm a better person. Because remember, we've talked a few weeks ago, our faith does not make us better people. It makes us new people. When we allow these things to change in us, when we allow these means of grace to work in us. You see, church should be boring. Hmm? I mean, you get here about 1045, most of you. And you come and sit, most of you, in your same seat. And you know when you see the choir come down, we're fixing to get started, you know the choir is going to sing. And after that, you know, you got to hear me talk about things going on. And then the kids come down, they like it. You, you know what's going to happen. And then we pray together. Then we sing together. Then we hear the Bible. Then the kids come down again. Then you have to hear me go on again. It's the same thing over and over and over and over. Actually, it's not. That's why I'm always in trouble with somebody. We do change it up a little bit. But that just in itself should be boring because it's the same thing. But when you serve a creating God, all things are made new. You can do the same thing. You can sit in the same spot. You can read the same scripture over and over and over again. And when you have committed yourself to serve the one true and living God, the creating God, then all things can be made new. So in a way, church isn't boring at all. Now, if somebody says it's boring, you need to tell them you're just boring. Maybe you serve a boring God. But I serve a creating God. And brothers and sisters, what we notice is that when we commit to that change, when we allow God to make us new, God isn't actually making us really new. 
God is making us what God intended us to be. And the church said, 